Hey everybody, Dave Hagan here. Today we're going to talk about negotiating like a pro. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast. I'm coming to you from beautiful Topanga, California. I got Brian, I got Nicholas coming to you from all the usual places. Hey, guys. Good evening, gentlemen. How you doing? Hey, guys. We also got our engineer, Scott Welton, coming to us from beautiful downtown Van Nuys. So the group's all together. We're ready to have some fun. We're, we're ready to talk about some interesting and important things. And, you know, before we talk about negotiation, I promised you last week we were going to talk about a way to blow your mind on Black Friday. This is going to drop second week, first week in November, that Black Friday's coming up. And I've never really thought how crazy that Black Friday thing really is. You get up in the dark after you've had a nice meal, and then you go elbow to elbow to people. And I see them almost breaking down doors. You know, also you can get a, a TV for 50 bucks, which is old technology and it's probably only worth 25, but everyone thinks it's 50 bucks and they're fighting each other off and people are hauling stuff out to the car. And it's like become a thing, especially the last 10, 15 years. And I never got it. I never understood it. But consider this. How about making Black Friday going online and buying a bunch of stuff? You could do this on a Zoom call with your family. Hey, I'm going to get this. Hey, I'm going to get that. Or you could get the stuff ahead of time and have it delivered to your house on Black Friday and do that as part of a Zoom call. Because <laughs> I think part of Black Friday is, you know, the social aspect of it. Oh, I'm, I'm going out with, I'm going out with Aunt Tilly and we got our big car and I got my gun and we're going to, we're going to go get some deals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave, it, I, I think that if, you know, people are still going to the actual store compared to buying online, to be honest, I think that's a rookie mistake. Oh yeah. I mean, that's an easy call, right? Hey, for all of our listeners out there, don't go out to the malls and do it this year. Skip it. And if you're a big fan of Black Friday, skip it one year. Just this year. You might like it. If, see, the whole thing about Black Friday is going to change. I heard, I saw this on the news. I didn't do any research on it because it's not my, my thing. But they're going to have uh, multiple Black Fridays. Right. Or something. Like the last three Fridays of November are all going to be Black Friday specials. So people can actually get to the store and buy things. Okay. It's going to be slowed down. You know, yeah, that would be you want smart. to get to the Apple Instead. store. You've got to make an appointment literally to go to the store and you know, you go at your time. And if you miss it, sorry, you're done next. Yeah. By, I, by the way, I went to the Apple store to see one of those new uh, Apple 12 phones. There's mm -hmm. a 12. Yeah. And 
mall was deserted. There was nobody there. No one in the Apple store when I walked by. And, and when I turned in to go in the front door, they said, excuse me, sir, you have an appointment? I said, for what? There's nobody here. Oh, you got to have an appointment so we can show you the phone. You can't even get in there to pick it up and hold it in your hand. You got to have an appointment. Crazy. I don't want to digress, but I thought that was just absurd. It's like when you walk into a restaurant, you go table for two and the lady looks around and, you know, half the restaurant's available and she goes, it'd be 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I never really got that. Um, but anyway, so check this out. I mean, you could, you could have your Zoom call on your phone. You could have, you know, be looking online on, on Prime or, you know, whatever, wherever you shop, eBay or whatever it is. And you could be looking, you could have your glass of adult beverage, right? And you could make a whole event. And you go, oh, Uncle Morty, look at this. I just saw this 62-inch uh, uh, OLED screen for $2,500. Oh, I'm going to order it. Okay. Oh, let me, get, let me get one of those. What's the address? It could kind of be a blast. <laughs> you might have some fun. And then maybe a couple of days before, you've made arrangements to have something even delivered on Black Friday. So you go, oh, the doorbell just rang. Excuse me. And you got to get up and bring it in and go, oh, man, yeah, look at this. I got me one of those new uh, nuclear toasters and open it up. And it might be kind of fun. It, I think you can do screen sharing on Zoom as well. I can actually see a bunch of people, let's say not being stereotypical, but you know, a bunch of women want to go shopping together. All right, we're going to do it from home and online and they're going to share the screen going, Hey, what do you guys think of this? I like that. Yeah, I agree. I like that. So everybody don't be going out there on black Friday. That's dangerous stuff. It's only going to give the virus a chance to spread potentially Let's look at different ways to do that online. If you think of something, come up with a great idea. Give us an email. Go to the financialwellnesspodcast.com and shoot us an idea. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it on the air. All right, enough of that. We need to talk about how to negotiate like a pro because I think that this is really important stuff. Why is it important that we learn to negotiate? It's because we all negotiate. In fact, life is a series of negotiations, it seems to me. I mean, if you're deciding with your significant other where to go for dinner, usually that's a negotiation of some type. Or if you're talking about which house to buy, well, certainly that's a negotiation. We negotiate all day long at work. That's just one of the basic skills. In fact, I think in a prior episode, we called that a soft skill. But we do it all the time. And yet we don't get a lot of training on that. Have you negotiated anything uh, recently, Brian? Not uh, too recently, but I used to love going to the farmer's market because you can always negotiate there. It's always a little bit of back and forth, right? It is. It's, well, and guess what? One of the hardest things to learn is to, you know, you have to ask for it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a good price, but I, you know, I really only want to spend, you know, X. They can say no. That's all, you know. If, if you want to walk away, walk away. If not, you know, all right, I'll pay what I was going to pay anyway. I mean, that's a simple example, sure. but um, I always kind of look at that as I never want to pay what the posted price is. <laughs> yeah, especially at a farmer's market. At a farmer's market, it's, it's, a, it's a free for all. Right. And I think negotiation then can be for your financial betterment. But I think I also hear you saying that could also be a form of entertainment. It is entertainment. Yes, absolutely. All, all that back and forth. How about you, Nick? You negotiated anything lately? 
Um, nothing significant, but I was thinking about taking a negotiation class at my law school. But I don't know that law schools, I mean, I, I guess they provide a class, but I don't see them uh, emphasizing that enough. I mean, as a lawyer, one of the primary things that you do is is negotiate for your clients. Uh, but there is a class at your school? Yeah. Uh, well, it's called adult. adult. Um, it's called um, Alternative Dispute Resolution, okay. or ADR for short. Okay. Right. And essentially, they teach you the techniques and different ways to help you negotiate and to, you know, do the best for your client. Right. Negotiating is an element of, of ADR. I think you're, you're exactly right. And do they talk about, you know, how to negotiate, how to prepare, how to do all those kinds of things? Yeah. You know, I was, you know, I haven't taken the class day full disclosure but okay. I was thinking about it. And so if I decide to take it, I'll let you know. Sounds good. Now, let me ask you this. You take that class at law school. Everyone knows you're in law school. What's, what's that, what's that class going to cost you there, Nick? Oh God. Do we have to talk about this? Yeah. Like, I'm enough in debt. You already made fun of me for being going to law school. No, no, but I want to make, I want to make a, a business point. So <laughs> about so, what's it going to cost? So roughly around seven to $8,000. Wow. And uh, what does that come with? Comes with hours of homework and preparation <laughs> and debt. <laughs> All right. So, so the reason that I brought this up is is not to you know not to uh, uh, shame you, <laughs> but but to make Thank this you. point to all of our listeners, you can go to law school with Nick and take a class on negotiation for seven or eight thousand dollars, or. You can listen to this episode of TFWP for free. What's a better deal? Just saying. Just saying. All right. So let's talk about negotiation. You know, I never thought that I would negotiate that much as a, as a young lawyer in, in law school, but you do every day. And I think the two guys have already proven that. And negotiation is part of, um, you know, daily life. And there's a number of books that you can get that talk about negotiation. And I came across an article in Inc. Magazine, because I like to look through Inc. Magazine for what people are thinking about, what people are talking about. And they came up with a list of best books to learn negotiation, some of which I even knew. So their first book was called Getting More, How You Can Negotiate to Succeed in Work and Life by Stuart Diamond. Hmm. Write that down. Check it out. I haven't read it. Might be good. Inc. Magazine says it's good. Number two, Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High. The authors are Carrie Patterson, Joseph Gremmy, Ron McMillan, and Al Switzler. Haven't read it. Sounds good. Check it out. I mean, these books only cost, what do they cost on, uh, on eBay? 10 bucks, 15 bucks? Prime, same thing, a little less than $8,000, just saying. Number three, influence the psychology of persuasion. Ooh, I like that. I like that even better because it involves psychology. The author is Robert B. Saldini. Saldini. Hmm, I think I'm going to read that one, actually, even though I've done a lot of negotiation in my lifetime. Number four, bargaining for advantage, strategies for reasonable people. The author is G. Richard shell. Ooh, here's one that I know. Number five, getting to yes. 
negotiating agreement without giving in. Roger Fisher, Bill Urey, and Bruce Patton. Now, this is the book, frankly, I'm most familiar with. I've met, read it many times. It's probably the, you know, the, 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 the Chevrolet version of, the, of negotiation. Everybody's read it. It's basic. It's good. It works. Um, so many people will talk to you about the proverbial win-win mindset or the win-win negotiation. And that comes out of the, the Getting to Yes book. That's one that I can really highly recommend. If you're going to pick any of these off this list that we're talking about, Getting to Yes, Robert Fisher, William Urey, and Bruce Patton. Number six, never split the difference. Negotiating as if your life depended on us. That sounds serious. The author's Chris Voss. Remember that name, Chris Voss, and Tall Roz. Now, this book is kind of a reaction to or against the conventional wisdom in, in Getting to Yes. And rather than assuming that people understand their own interests and act according to them, um, my view, or, or I've heard that the writers approach the negotiation process as a phenomenon that's only understood as a set of essentially irrational emotional responses. So uh, never split the difference. It sounds a little more aggressive. It sounds a little bit less win-win to me. In fact, a lot less win-win to me. But um, that's probably a newer book than, than getting to yes, something to think about. Uh, here's one. I think this book came out before uh, COVID. It's called Kiss, Bow, or Shake Hands, none of which we really do anymore. Well, maybe bow, but we don't kiss or shake hands anymore. Um, it's the best-selling guide to doing business in more than 60 countries. Authors Terry Mortensen and Wayne A. Conaway, and it's negotiating styles for different countries. Do you think people negotiate differently in different countries? Absolutely, yes. And this is the best book for that. And you know, I, I think that I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Masterclass. Do you guys know what Masterclass is? Yeah, it's the online um, video classes with the masters of the field. Yeah, it's good stuff. Nick, you ever looked at a Masterclass? Oh, isn't that the show on TV with Gordon Ramsay? Well, Gordon Ramsay is on Masterclass. You're exactly right. But no, a Masterclass is a, it's a, like an online location and you subscribe. I think it's 200 a year. And for that 200, you can get a second person in. And it is masters of all these different areas of business and art. And they put together a Masterclass. So there's a guy that does urban gardening. Um, Steve Martin talks about how to tell jokes. Um, the CFO of uh, Disney talks about his approach to doing business. Um, good stuff. Gordon Ramsay, in fact, one of the best classes I think that's on there is Gordon Ramsay. And I was not a big fan of the TV show. It was a little confrontational. But Gordon Ramsay talks about cooking and how to use butter and how the proper way to slice stuff up. Fascinating. He's a really good teacher. Um, so I like that. I enjoyed that. I think it's a good one. But there's there's one on Masterclass um, on negotiation by a fellow named Chris Voss. Do you remember that name? I just mentioned it. He wrote yeah. one of these books. He was the never split the difference guy. Exactly. Exactly. Good memory. I may have that book in my place, by the way. Really? Is that why you beat the crap out of me when we negotiate something? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm doing the win-win, touchy-feely, good. Everyone comes out ahead and you're going into I these negotiations. I will crush you. I will kick your butt, Dave Hagen. I like it. I love, well, maybe that's why I felt so beat up after our, our negotiation. I don't know. But apparently this Chris Voss, he was used to work with the FBI and he was the lead international um, negotiator. So he's got 18 different lessons, 18 different segment, segments as his masterclass. Um, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. But you got to remember, I'm still a getting DS kind of guy. So everyone's got their own kind of style. So as we were thinking about putting together a podcast, dealing with negotiating with the pro, I thought, how could I do better than these five, six, seven books? I mean, I really can't. These are all really good books. So what I want to do is add on my own individual tips, things that I've learned after negotiating on my own behalf and for clients over 30 years. So here's my add-on tips. Number one, do your homework. Think about what you want. What's your bottom line? Think about, for that matter, what does the other side want? Think about what you might be willing to give up. Think about what the other side might want. Think about these things. Mull them over in your head. I mean, go off in a quiet corner and think about it for a moment before you negotiate. Now, not when you're trying to get a bunch of radishes at the market, right? But if you're going into anything that's got some significance, um, think about these things. What would you be willing to give up that you don't care about so much that the other party really wants? Wow, that's a key consideration. Think about the other person. What do you know about the other person? Are they principled? Are they impulsive? Are they emotional? Are they trustworthy? Are they a scumbag? I mean, run these things out in your head a little bit ahead of time. I mean, it'll never go exactly as you lay it out in your mind ahead of time. But do your homework. Do your homework and think about this. Number two, be prepared to do the dance. And by that, I mean, have some patience in the negotiation. I've done this for so many years that I can pretty much tell somebody where that negotiation is going to come out after I've thought about it a little bit. That's one of the reasons I'm also a professional mediator. I have a pretty good idea where things are going to come out if I read or think about the party's position. But you've got to be prepared to do the dance. I would like to just cut to the end. I said, look, this is going to come out this way. You agree to this? You agree to this? Let's, let's move on. But you've got to let the parties do the dance. They need to move a little bit in the negotiation. Why? Because that's the way they perceive that it's supposed to happen. That's the way that they buy their rhubarb at the farmer's market. You've got to let them move back and forth. You've got to let them get comfortable with the different positions of the parties. So be prepared to do the dance. Have some patience. Set aside enough time to get it done. You'll do better. Number three, never make the first offer. Have you ever heard that, Brian, before? In negotiation, never make the first offer. Whoever makes the first offer loses. Um, I actually haven't heard that. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I talk about that all the time. She's negotiated a lot of big stuff for some big companies. And she says, oh, I pity the sucker that makes the first offer. They're going to they're going to lose. Well, how do you. How do, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to, you know, if 
Well, they say, what's the cost of that? Yeah. You want something from part, you know, party A wants something from party B. Mm -hmm. All right. Party A eventually has to go to party B and go, hey, I would like that. You know? Yeah. No, you say, what are you willing to offer? You have them lay it out first. Because it might. You say to them, what would it, what would it take for you to sell that to me? Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what would, what would it take? What do you want? Because it might be so incredible. I mean, I've had a couple of times where I said, what will it take to get this done? And they laid out their position and it was way better than what I ever expected. So what do you do? Aren't they just going to throw it back with what are you willing to offer me? Well, you never know. If they haven't done their homework and if they haven't gone through the mental gymnastics to prepare, who knows? They might, they might blurt out, you know, some position. They might not be confident in, in what they're trying to do. They might blurt something out. You never know. Like I said, I've had a couple circumstances where I said to the other side, what do you want? And they laid it out and it was so much better. What was I going to do? The emotional right, side well, of me would be, would say done, done. No, no. Get you it even pause, better. All right, pause well, for a couple minutes and you go, well, okay. Right. Let's assume the person is aware of this tactic and says and does not give you a number or a deal to think about. You eventually have to lead with something. Well, you got to get somebody to lay it out because you say, what do you, you know, what are you willing to sell them that for? And they come back, well, what are you willing to pay? And you go, back, what are you willing to sell it for? What do you, you know, what are you willing to pay? This is one of the reasons we have multiple listing services for real estate. Someone finally has to commit something, right? But if you are trying to be the purchaser, Mm -hmm. then eventually, and you, you want it, you have to put a number out there. I guess I'm just, I'm really kind of stunned by that first offer usually loses. You never know what the other side's going to say. And if you can get the other side to lay out first, more often than not, Mm -hmm. you're going to do pretty well. Now, I guess I shouldn't say the first offer loses because uh, as a, as a getting to yes disciple, I got to believe that there aren't winners and losers, just people finding mutual interest and coming to an agreement that a number over a period of time. But there is a rule of thumb that the person who makes the first offer is usually not going to come out as well. Interesting. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Number four, always try to think a few steps ahead. So think about if I say this, they'll say this, I'll say this. Um, You don't want to pin yourself in a corner. You don't want to lay out your best offer right, right away. Think ahead. Most people aren't thinking ahead. Think a few steps down the line. Number five, and this is me again, these are my tips. Think win-win. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that getting to yes. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily winners or losers, but two people or two parties that can say yes. Going into a negotiation, it's not about grinding or defeating the other purpose or the other party. It's about finding areas of mutual commonality trying to find a way for people to give and get a little so that they can walk away thinking, well, I guess that was a win-win. Of course, the other way to look at it, and this is when I mediate cases, if both parties work, uh, you know, walk away from a mediation and it settled, 
And they both think, I could have done maybe a little better. Well, maybe that's, that's the definition of a good settlement. Or if everybody to a, a, an agreement walks away a little unhappy, maybe that's a definition of a, a good agreement. Everybody gave a little bit of something up. But think win-win. And it's not about defeating the other person. It's about finding commonality, getting people to agree, and coming out at a spot that you're comfortable with, maybe a spot that's a little better than you, than you thought you might um, have otherwise had. My seventh tip, always be ready to walk away at the end of the day. I always tell people no deal is better than a bad deal. It's no shame if you can't come to win-win, or it's no shame if you can't get to yes. You'd like to. In a lot of circumstances, it's really important. But if you can't get a reasonable deal, no deal is better than a bad deal. So think about that. How about uh, you guys? You guys have anything you've had? I mean, you guys have negotiated tons of stuff over your, your lifetime. Nick, you got any thoughts? Yeah, Dave. Um, something I've learned you know, through my two and a half years of law school now okay. is to never, absolutely never bid against yourself. What do you mean yeah. by that? I know what you mean, but for the listeners, what do you mean by that? Sure. So let's say I throw you an offer, $100,000 for a widget. Mm -hmm. And I'm really desperate to get that widget. And you're taking your time. Just, you know, I don't like the offer, you know, using these tips. Mm -hmm. And the wrong thing to do would be to throw out a second offer and say, Dave, I'll give you 110000 Because mm -hmm. what I've learned is that shows that the person is desperate mm -hmm. and it shows they're coming from a place of weakness, which is mm -hmm. not the place you want to be in a mm -hmm. negotiation. Mm -hmm. And you have to be patient. Exactly. You have to be patient. Or if you um, throw out an offer and the other side says, that'll never work. I will never accept that. Don't go back with another offer. The answer is, well, if you don't like that, tell me what you think. Exactly. Never bid against yourself. And people do this stuff all, all the, time, the time, right? They bid against themselves or they, they go, well, it was a really bad deal, but you know, and I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. Well, why'd you do it? Going back to my previous point. Um, these are just some basic rules of thumb. It seems to me that people should think about when they're negotiating it. How about you, Brian, anything to add? I've got a, a quick thing and it's just get comfortable with the silence. Yeah. Yeah. That, and yeah. that kind of goes with what Nick was saying in terms of, uh, being patient but also be comfortable in that patience and don't speak first. Right. You can maintain eye contact. You can look at them. It's just, you're not walking away. It's just, you're waiting for the other person to make the next move. And eventually, you know, social norms, someone will speak. Right. So you can train yourself, you know, to not speak. The other Silence. Person, yeah, silence can be a weapon yeah, in, in that case. If you learn how to use break. that. I yeah. like that. I like that. That's a good idea. Well, everybody, there you have it. Six or seven really good books, um, including Getting to Yes, including the, the, the opposite of Getting to Yes, 
Never split, Never the split the Difference. A couple of really good books, a couple of other suggestions from Inc. Magazine. Um, seven add-ons from Dave Hagen. Uh, an add-on from Nick, an add-on from Brian. And guess what? It did not cost you $8,000. It's free oh my because you're God. smart enough to listen to the Financial Wellness Podcast. That's all we got this week. That's a wrap. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Thank guys. you to all the listeners. Great to have you guys. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.